0: whole process, and she said, I I know that's the right answer that everyone is supposed to say, but I I really mean that. I was like, I know you do. I know you do. I believe you wholeheartedly. (coughs) Amen. Praise God. Brother Bell, he has passed this mortal coil, and he has went on to his reward. And I know that nobody can put anyone in heaven. I know that, you know, that's between them and God. I understand that. But I believe with all my heart today that he made it. Uh, And his labor for God, all of the work that he did, the prayers that he prayed, the sacrifices that he, he made, are all worth it now. He's not going to look back on them now and think, I shouldn't have given that up. I shouldn't have stopped doing that. Not for a second. His fight is done. His course is finished. But ours remains. till the Lord takes us or until He raptures the church. We are still here. And we still have a mission to accomplish. Those that have went on before have paved the way. We do stand on the back of giants tonight. Amen. Let's all stand. There are still a couple in our congregation that are ill or under the weather. Sister Shepard texted me just a little bit ago saying that she's not feeling well this evening. We'll pray for her. We'll continue to pray for Sister Bell and the Bell family. That the peace of God, which passes all understanding, would fall upon them, would encompass them. That the arms of Jesus Christ would wrap tightly around each and every one of them. Amen. Lord Jesus, you're an awesome God. We are so very, very thankful for you. For the relationship that you established with us. For your so great salvation. For the earnest of our inheritance. The gift of the Holy Ghost. Thank you Jesus for your so great faithfulness to us. Hallelujah Jesus. We pray Lord again for Sister Bell. For the Bell family. That you would continue to allow your peace to encompass them. To rest upon them. Joy unspeakable and full of glory. Joy that this world could never give, joy that this world can ever take away. We pray for Sister Vicki this evening that you administer to her. Heal her completely, I pray. Touch her where she's at. Give her a complete healing. We pray for our service this evening that you administer here wondrously, mightily, gloriously in our midst here tonight, that your great name, your glorious name would be magnified here. And all these things we ask in Jesus' name. Praise God, praise God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. You are so worthy of my worship. You're so worthy to receive all praise. Hallelujah, Jesus. Praise God, praise God. Thank you, Jesus, for the ministration of your spirit here tonight. Amen, amen. Praise God. God is so awesome. He is so awesome. He's worthy, church. He's worthy of our full attention. He's worthy of our worship and of our praise. He's worthy of our service. And anything that He asks, He's worthy to receive it. Amen. God bless you. Thank you so much for standing. You can be seated this evening. Tonight, even as I look at my notes, uh, is a bit of an enigma. I don't know exactly how this is going to turn out. I pray that the Lord is going to do something with this. (laughs) Because it looks like scrambled eggs from where I'm looking. But in any case, I feel like it's from God, so we're just going to move forward. 2 Corinthians. Chapter 6 and verse 2 says this, 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 2, For he saith, I have heard thee in a time accepted, and in the day of salvation have I succored thee. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Tonight, we're going to be speaking, uh, until we're done, on this topic, the nature of time. The nature of time. Now, when I bring up topics like this that have any kind of astrophysical or uh, cosmological relevance, I get really excited, and that means most of you will not be excited. <laughs> My wife, is, I'm gonna just bump her every once in a while. She'll stay awake. <laughs> Amen. But time, the nature of time. We understand when we say time. I need more time. I'm out of time. How much time do you have to do this? Uh, What time is it? We all understand what those questions mean, but at its core, at the fundamental, what is the fundamental nature of time? What is it? What does it do? Time is, is... something of of an enigma, we understand what the word means. We know that, you know, the concept of time, it's kind of self-evident. An hour consists of a certain number of minutes. A day consists of a certain number of hours. Uh, Months of days and years of months. We We all know that. We understand that. But have we stopped to consider what time is specifically? What is time itself? Not what we see on a watch, not what we see on the calendar, but time itself. What is that? Time is passing by, relentless, nonstop. You can't stop the march of time. Doesn't matter what you do, doesn't matter how much you hope or wish. Time moves forward, only forward. It never stops, it never moves backward. It continues to move forward like a juggernaut relentless and it doesn't matter if you're out of time or not time doesn't care it's going to continue to move forward we can track its progression with watches and calendars but we can't see it we can't touch it or taste it analyze it under a microscope or pick some of it out of the air to test it despite this it just keeps passing moving forward tomorrow turns into today And today turns inexorably into yesterday. What happens when time passes? What is the exact astrophysical, temporal, natural process that is in effect whereby time passes, time exists, and it only seems to exist in a very linear fashion? It moves one direction, and that's it. People all down through the ages, probably since the beginning of time, have spoken about it, thought about it. Lately, people have even experimented with it, indirectly. I found some quotes, people talking about the nature of time, some humorous, some very pointed. John Guare says, it's amazing how a little tomorrow can make up for a whole lot of Yesterday. Another quote is, time is a created thing. To say I don't have time is to say I don't want to. Lao Tzu. That'll hurt some of us. It's not that we have little time, but more that we waste a good deal of it. Seneca. Time moves slowly, but passes quickly. Alice Walker. The only reason for time to exist is so that everything doesn't happen all at once. Albert Einstein. Time is a great healer, but a poor beautician. Lucille S. Harper. (laughs) Why didn't I learn to treat everything like it was the last time? My greatest regret was how much I believed in the future. Jonathan Stefan Forer. Life can only be understood backwards, but it must be lived forward. Soren Kierkegaard. Amen. In physics, time is considered to be a fourth dimension, along with length, height, and depth. The idea is that in three-dimensional, they call it space-time, but in three-dimensional space, you can't have a two-dimensional object. That's kind of an imaginary thing. We can draw a two-dimensional object, but even the paper has some thickness. And they, an actual two-dimensional object doesn't exist. They're all 3 dimensional Well, then the question comes, can something exist for zero seconds? And the answer that People have come up with is no. Something cannot exist for zero seconds. Therefore, time is considered in many aspects to be a fourth dimension. <coughs> and people plot that on graphs and everything else. And that stuff bores even me. So we're not talking about graphs. <laughs> Einstein discovered that time is affected by intense gravity, and he published that idea in his theory of general relativity. The more intense a gravitational field is, the slower time becomes. And I should say that that is relative to the perspective of the observer. That's why they call this relativity. For example, if I were in a spaceship and I were falling in, I am going somewhere with this, Please bear with me. If I were to fall into a black hole, intense gravity, right? Huge gravity. That's exactly right. The observer outside watching that, I'd be rushing in really quick, but then I'd start to slow down and slow down and slow down. And at what's called the event horizon, I would stop. I would freeze in space. And I would be there forever According to the observer on the outside now me on the inside i would see things moving normally in fact i would see everything outside speeding up because for me that's how time is being affected relative to my position and of course i don't stay at the event horizon i get sucked in probably at the speed of light and evaporated so uh don't worry about me i'm gone Okay. But that is relativity. It is relative to the observer. Okay. He also deduced that time is affected by very high speeds. And as you approach the speed of light, time slows down. Again, relative to the observer. If I go off into a spaceship 99% the speed of light, circle around Alpha Centauri, come back, takes me maybe 2-3 years. According to my calendar, my clocks. When I come back to earth and 75, 80 years have passed. That's the time dilation effect of very high speeds. So we we do notice, and this has been tested and it's been verified many times. uh, It does actually happen. It seems weird and strange, but it does happen. So we see that time can be affected in extreme situations. Does that tell us anything about the nature of time? Maybe. We have divided time up into three general categories, past, present, and future. The past is a term used to indicate the totality of events which occurred before a given point in time. The past is contrasted with and defined by the present and the future. The concept of the past is derived from the linear fashion in which human observers experience time and is accessed through memory and recollection. In addition, human beings record the past and have done so since the beginning. Uh, that's a really fancy way of saying what you all already know. It's the past, it's gone, it happened. But it won't happen anymore, because it's in the past. The past is the object of such fields of study as history, memory, archaeology, archaeoastronomy, chronology, geology, historical geology, historical linguistics, law, ontology, paleontology, paleobotany, paleogeography, paleoclimatology, and cosmology. Amen. Gesundheit. the present. The most real perception of time appears to be in the moment we call present. However, almost all of what we perceive as the present is already moving into the past. The present is a fleeting moment. Whatever is happening now, present, is confined to an infinitesimally narrow point on the timeline, which is being encroached upon by what we think of as the past and the future. If you could see it on a timeline you'd see future, past, and the narrowest sliver would be present. That's it. Future is what will happen in the time after the present. Its arrival is considered inevitable due to the existence of time and the laws of physics. Due to the apparent nature of reality and the unavoidability of the future, Everything that currently exists and will exist can be categorized as either permanent, meaning that it will exist forever, or temporary, meaning that it will end. Okay, now we're getting somewhere. The future and the concept of eternity has been major subjects of philosophy, religion, and science, and defining them non-controversially has consistently eluded the greatest of minds. In the Western view which uses a linear conception of time. The future is the portion of the projected timeline that is anticipated to occur. Uh, Don't worry about special relativity. In the philosophy, philosophy of time, presentism is the belief that only the present exists and the future and the past are unreal. Religions consider the future when they address issues such as karma, life after death, eschatologies that study what the end of time and the end of the world will be. According to this article, religious figures such as prophets and diviners have claimed to see into the future. We know that's a fact. So, now we've got all these fancy definitions. Time. Are we any closer to understanding it? I'm not. I think time is really cool. I think it's fascinating. But so what? What does it have to do with us tonight? Well, Ecclesiastes 3 and 1 says, To everything there is a season, and a time to every purpose under the heaven. You see, God created time. In Genesis 1, 1, we read, In the beginning, God. God was already in existence. Before time was. Certainly before anything else was. Because he was the one that created everything. But he also created time. He created it the way it is today. In a linear fashion that marches relentlessly forward. And you and I, we're stuck in that. We are stuck on that timeline. And there's nothing you or I can do about it. God is not stuck on the timeline. He exists very comfortably above the timeline, and he can move wherever he wants to on that thing. I think I've ex- talked about this here, but if not, a reminder. I've heard it explained this way, and I think it's a really apt explanation how that you and I were on the timeline is kind of like us being in a canoe on the, let's say, Colorado River big banks all over the place, and windy, okay? I'm back here. One of you is kind of in the middle, and another one is way up up there. I'm in the past. The middle guy's in the present. The, The guy way up there, he's in the future. We can't see each other. We have no way to communicate to each other. Now imagine there's a guy in a helicopter, who can fly over that wherever He wants to. He can see all three of us. He sees our position on on the river, and He can communicate with all of them. That's the best analogy I've heard of, of how God operates concerning time. We can't communicate with the future. We can't communicate with my... I would love to be able to talk to my past self. I would have all kinds of things to say to that guy. But I can't. He's in the past. He's inaccessible to me. So the Lord Terry, and he allows me to live, I'm going to have a tomorrow self. But I can't talk to that guy. He isn't here yet. He will be tomorrow. But I can't talk to him now. because maybe I could remind him about some things that he's probably going to forget about. Psalm 90, verses 1 through 4, says this, Lord, thou hast been our dwelling place in all generations. Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever thou hadst formed the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, thou art God. Thou turnest man to destruction, and sayest return, ye children of men. For a thousand years in thy sight are but as yesterday when it is past, and as a watch in the night. This is time to God. It's basically, as far as He's concerned, specifically irrelevant. Time doesn't affect Him. He's not a part of the created order. He exists outside of creation. Now He interacts with it. And we read that one day He came into creation as a man. But He exists outside of it. He's not affected by it. He could fall into a black hole all all He wants. And it wouldn't do anything to Him. He could speak it in and out of existence if He wanted to. It doesn't matter. Time is irrelevant to God. He is eternal. He is everlasting. He always was, He is, and He always will be. Genesis 1-1 is the origination of time. There was nothing called time before that. So to ask the question, how long did God exist before He created everything? is absurd. It's a non-issue. There was no time before creation. If you can imagine that. Try to wrap your head around that. It didn't exist before creation. Psalm ninety continues, starting with verse nine For all our days are passed away in thy wrath, we spend our years as a tale that is told. The days of our years are three score years and ten, and if by reason of strength they be four score years, yet is their strength labor and sorrow, for it is soon cut off and we fly away. Who knoweth the power of thine anger, even according to thy fear, so is thy wrath. So teach us to number our days, that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. Now we're starting to get to something that affects us. Because we are created beings, because we are stuck on this timeline and moving inexorably forward. We have a beginning. We have a birth, a natural birth. All of us were born into this world. And so the Lord Terry, all of us are going to die. None of us are going to live in this body forever. And, Sister Parker, thank God. I'm starting to be afraid that I'll live to 150. I used to, I used to tell, it, I'm going to live to 150. I'm just, that's just the way it's going to be. More and more, I don't want to. Whatever the Lord wills, when I'm ready, when he's ready, I'll go home. I'm ready now. <clears throat> so we have a beginning. We're stuck in this timeline, and it's pushing us forward to our, our natural end. okay? We don't like to hear about that. A lot of people don't like to talk about it, but <laughs> it's coming anyway. Whether you talk about it or not, it's going to happen. So, let's live like it's going to happen someday. Let's make decisions and choices like we do have an end. Like someday, this body is going to perish. And we are going to be cast into eternity. And someday, we're going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. We're going to stand before Him and give an account for our lives. Wouldn't it be nice if in that day we were covered in His blood? Wouldn't it be awesome to stand in His presence guiltless? Completely washed clean? That's very easily within everyone's grasp. A lot of us don't number our days, especially as we go into younger and younger years. Because as we all know, teenagers are immortal. They cannot die. Ask them, they'll tell you. I would have told you that when I was 16, 17. I did all kinds of crazy stuff. And it was fun. Me and my brother, we used to go sledding. We had a quarter-mile uh, driveway cut into the side of a hill, and during the winter time, sledding all day long. Sledding, and the best sleds were the, the plastic roll-up sleds, because you could feel every little rock, you could feel every little bump, <clears throat> and you could, your feet would be hanging out, so you could. You know, stick one out, and you turn really fast, very maneuverable. And we'd get booking down. It was, I mean, you'd run down that a few times with those plastic sleds. It was like ice. And we'd get going fast. And being brothers, our goal was to knock the other one off the side so they'd go down off the hill into the woods. That's what we like to do to each other because we love each other. And we you know we try to get one to wipe out, tumble down and and I loved doing that. I loved wiping out, tumbling down, hitting a tree because the pain went away in a minute. Look at how tough I am. Look at how much I can take. That was really exciting to me. I would do that all day long and never get hurt. Because I was invulnerable. I was, I would never die. (laughs) And that's just how it was. Fell into that brush pile. That actually scared me. But I came out hardly a scratch. Scratched up. That's it. Fell 20 feet down off of that telephone wire that my brother rigged up onto pavement and just got the wind knocked out of me. Walked around. I was breathing in a couple minutes. Good to go. Look at how tough I am. I'm a teenager. I would have never numbered my days back then. I had my whole life. Good grief, I don't even know what I'm going to do next school year. But the older I get, the more I realize I'm not immortal. Not in this body. This body isn't quite as tough as it used to be where I would just get back up and brush myself off. Now I I break and lay there for a while. (laughs) Another effect of the inexorable march of time, I guess. But we have a beginning. And we have an end. And we need to live like that. We need to make decisions and we need to make choices as if the end is coming. I've heard it said and I believe it a hundred percent. Plan as if Jesus isn't coming back in your lifetime, but live like he's coming back today. I think that's good advice. If Jesus doesn't come back, we got a plan. We got something in which to move forward in. If Jesus does come back, <laughs> I'm ready to go. Amen. We don't have a lot of time, so use it wisely. As kids, as teenagers, we think we have got literally forever. As adults, time starts marching, it seems, faster and faster. The years go by faster and faster. I was talking with Brother Parker just a little bit ago. We've already been here a year. We've been here a year. I still feel like we're just settling in. We're just we just moved down here. And it's already gone. It's almost the end of the month. And the year just started. Yeah. Yeah. You blink 3 times and the rest of it's going to be gone. It passes by so quickly. A lot of us A lot of people, I don't know about us, but a lot of people curse time. They don't like the march of time. They want to live in this body forever. They probably want to live here forever because this is where they're vested in. This is where their energies are are input into. Their time, their resources, their talents are all fixed here. They have nothing over there. More than that, they have everlasting damnation over there. Understanding that as time marches forward and we don't have as much time as we used to, we start numbering our days. We start considering our expected end. We start thinking about that day I don't, I don't really think about dying and, and being buried. Yeah, if I may be transparent, I couldn't care less what happens to this after I'm gone. I really couldn't. The survivors will. They'll want to they'll respect it and, and have a funeral and all of that, and I want to if I survive my wife. <clears throat> but this, I'm done with it. I don't need it anymore. It's caused me pain. It's caused me to struggle against this nature. I'm thankful for it. I want to be a good steward of it. I want to treat it well. And I, I try to. But when I'm done with it, I'm done with it. I don't care. I'm home now. I've made it. I'm going to get a new body. A new body. I'm entered into my reward. When this body dies, and I, as much as in me is, I intend to live for Jesus until that happens. If I die in the Lord, <laughs> well. It doesn't matter anymore. Not for me. My work is done now. I'm home. The thing that I've fought for and worked for and prayed and fasted and and cried and, and wept for, it's finally here. The treasure that I've put up in heaven is mine to enjoy. Whatever's here on earth, is going to be distributed to my survivors. Don't spend it all in one place. <clears throat> in any case, I'll be done with it. We need to live our lives like we have an end. We need to consider that we don't have forever. And we need to number our days so that we may apply our hearts Under wisdom. Time helps us get things done. Can you imagine if you had an infinite amount of time to do anything? Talk about procrastination. Nothing would ever get done. But because we're stuck on a timeline, we have things called deadlines, due dates. Things have to be done by a certain point in time. And that pushes us. I'd love very much to put that report off, but it's due tomorrow morning. So I better start it now, 1230 at night. I better get it done. (laughs) So time is good for that. It helps us to get things done. Because we're stuck on a timeline, we age physically. And that will push us to get some things done. There are some things that we can only do while we're young or younger. If you want to start a career, it's better to start that young than wait until you're my age. You can still do it at my age, but it's quite a bit more difficult. Traveling, especially if you're traveling is going to Uh, Be physically demanding, like mountain climbing. Something along those lines. You'll probably want to do that while you're younger. Play a sport. If you're interested in marriage or raising a family. The biological clock is ticking. Human beings only have so long to do that. And afterward, it becomes too late. Some things we might want to do now because of the realization I'm not guaranteed tomorrow. When we have a consciousness of our end, we begin to realize how precious every moment is. And that always brings me back to uh, speaking with people on their deathbed. You know, I've I've, I've read books, I, I've seen things on YouTube about people talking to uh, someone on their deathbed and, and what they're thinking about at the very end, what they find important, the regrets. There's so many regrets, so many regrets, and they would never have even considered them until now. And that's what's so sad about all of this. People don't think about it. They, people think they have forever. I can take care of that tomorrow. I can fix that later. I can I can rebuild that bridge with that person some other time right now I'm busy don't be too busy to do that some of us said the Lord Terry we are going to have a very long time to live maybe 80 90 100 plus years there may be one or two or more people in here that'll be dead next week we just don't know we don't we're not guaranteed tomorrow my niece, my brother's uh daughter was killed in a car crash. She was 20 something 29 29 years old. Gone instantly. There was no warning. <clears throat> she had plans. She thought she had all the time in the world. She was going to take care of stuff. She's going to do this. She's going to do that. No, she's not. Her time was then. All that stuff she thought she was going to be able to do, she never will. She can't. We don't know how much time we have. So then, we need to realize how precious every moment God gives us is. We need to realize how precious it is, what a gift it is to have tomorrow, to have today. If God gives us tomorrow, what are we going to do with it? We need to invest it in the very, the very best things, the most precious things. Invest it in relationships. Invest it in, into eternity. into yours or someone else's salvation. Something that will carry on past this life. People sitting on a deathbed, they do not mourn, not spending enough time at the office. I've read a few of them. I've not seen that one time. Nobody regrets spending less time at the office. Not one. Almost everybody regrets not taking more risks. Not trying to accomplish more. Not spending time with loved ones. Those things that are really important, but most of us don't realize it until it's too late. Ephesians five fifteen and 16 say this, See then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. We need to be wise with the time that we're given. We need to spend it wisely because we don't know how much time we have. We don't know when it will come to an end. Philippians 3, 13 and 14 says this, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Here the apostle speaks of all three divisions of time, past, present, and future. He refers to the past, forgetting those things which are behind. Learn what you can from them. Take what you can from the mistakes that you've made in the past and move on. There's nothing more you can do. Whatever is in the past is set in stone. It's unchangeable now. The words that you spoke, the things that you did, they're done. They're said. There's nothing we can do to take those back. There's nothing we can do to change or alter them. We can try to make amends moving forward. We can try to make it right, but the things that we did specifically... Are done. He spoke of the future, reaching forth unto those things which are before. And in the present, this one thing I do, I press. Speaking present tense. Forget the past. It's done. There's nothing you can do about it. The future is uncertain. We're not guaranteed the future. We're looking forward to great things in God. Said the Lord Terry, we're looking forward to awesome things in God. We're looking forward to the fulfillment of covenant promises that He's given us. But all we have to affect to change, all we have control over is right now. That's all we're guaranteed, is the immediate, the present. If we look at Scripture, salvation is something that takes place only in the present. If we look at Exodus 14 and 13, it says, Moses said unto the people, Fear ye not, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord which He will show you today. For the Egyptians whom ye have seen today, ye shall see them again no more forever. Indicating that they're going to experience the salvation of God presently, Today. Luke 19 and 9, And Jesus said unto them, This day is salvation come to this house, forasmuch as he also is a son of Abraham. Today salvation came. In our scripture text, 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 2 says, For he saith, I have heard thee in a time accepted, and in the day of salvation have I succored thee. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. I cannot underestimate, I cannot underemphasize the importance of now, the importance of today, and making good choices today, choices that will affect eternity, choices that when we lie on our deathbed, so we have that opportunity, we can do so with no regrets. Wouldn't that be nice to live a life of no regrets. That's possible too. Now I know that things we've done in the past, we may regret some of those things. I wish I had it to do over. I wish I hadn't said those things. I wish I hadn't done those things. I have no doubt that's true. But... In still thinking, we underestimate the power of God. We are new creatures. Those things are passed away. They didn't happen. They happen in your mind, and perhaps in the minds of, of others who were in that with you, but not in the mind of God. We can have no regrets. We can live a life of no regrets. When we're sitting on our deathbed, what a beautiful thing. I look forward to seeing Jesus. I get this way whenever anyone passes on. I can't help it. Especially, especially when I, I believe with all of my heart that they made it home. And I can't help but th- a part of me can't help but think, I wish I were there too. Now, don't get me wrong, I'm not going to start drinking arsenic or standing in front of the bus or anything like that. Okay, that's God's choice. He can take me when He wants to and only when He wants to. I'm not, I'm not going to make that decision. But if He did make that decision, I'd be okay with it. I want to see Him face to face, not through a glass darkly. I want to touch Him. I want to hear His voice. The one that died for me. I want to live my life and I want to spend every moment that he gives me toward that end. That day when I see him face to face. That's what I'm living for. Anything he asks me to, to give up or to spend or to uh, to distribute, it's for that end. That stuff shouldn't bother us. It shouldn't affect us. I'm going to lose it anyway. Whatever I have in this life is gone anyway. I'm going to die and pass it on, or Jesus is going to come and take us all, and it's going to burn. Who cares? I'll be a good steward of it while I have it, but if God wants it back, one guy said, that's just one less thing I have to worry about. One less thing I have to be a a good steward of. We live for eternity. We live this temporal life understanding that there is a forever. We are going to be kicked loose from this timeline someday. We're going to break free of this timeline someday soon. Where are we going to spend eternity? What are we living for here in the present, in the temporal? Let's make the right choices. Let's walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil and they are very few. The precious time that he has given us, the precious time that we have left here on earth, let's spend it wisely. Let's invest in people. Let's invest in the kingdom. Let's do the work of Jesus Christ so that on that day there are no regrets. Amen. Let's all stand.